it's Keelan here, and welcome to another episode of Story Mode, a video game podcast. Today, Jesse Simon and myself are joined by a special guest to discuss the ins and outs of all the Fallout games. To see more, visit storymodegaming.com and find us on social media at StoryModeAUS. On with the show. Two weeks ago, I was in Tasmania. And I went to a place that Jesse loves the most, Mona. Do you, you don't even know what that is, do you? I know what Mona is, but why do I love it most? I don't know, because it's weird and wanky. I do want to go to Dark Mofo <laughs> one day, which is... Yeah, no, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was just because of the name alone. Like, thought you are going for the sexual innuendo there. Mona, barely even know her. Yeah, there you go. Go on, Keelan. So, do you know... They're, oh my! Oh, dude, they have like a whole new section there, and there was a guy who was playing like music, and apparently his job is to sit in that section. There's a studio there that's just like open; everyone can see what he's doing. He sits there and he writes and records songs, and then he releases the music like hmm. on CDs and stuff. Like that's his job. He's been doing it for months, just sitting there every day, day in day out, writing and recording music. In front Wasn't of the there public. a band that did it in like New South Wales, like in the middle of Sydney? They the the band in the box. I don't know. I've never heard. Was of that it. like a fever dream of mine? <laughs> no, but it's it's kind of it's kind of cool, <laughs> right? And then they have another guy who's like a jazz saxophonist, and he does more or less the same thing, except he doesn't record it. He just writes all these new songs, and then they perform it at four o'clock every day. Like it's it blows my mind that people do that, and that's. How they make after a living. While, That's not the while, story you, that I want to tell. You'd repeat a few songs after a while, though, wouldn't you? I like, you know, look, honestly, honestly. Who was here on March 3rd? Doesn't matter. Let's play it again. Honestly, the, uh, um, the saxophonist, all the songs he played sounded exactly the same. No offense to him, but they, there was no dynamics there. So No offense to all the saxophone players who listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> the other guy, though, I'm bringing this up because it's video game related. Now, he was performing next to this big, like, mural of someone. There was a kangaroo fisting someone's butthole, okay? Like, it was Mona. What? That's pretty typical. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a giant mural. That'll make that. you Mona. And um, at Terrible. one point, he goes, like, this song is called Golden Axe. Who remembers what Golden Axe is? Hey, Golden Axe! I'm, I'm, I'm dating a myself a little fit- bit here. Who, who remembers what it is? And I'm like, eh, in the background. <laughs> it's just real quiet and meek. And he's like, get that fucking nerd off my stage. I, I shouldn't have said anything. You don't draw attention to yourself at a show. You know, that's stupid. These it, are art people, killing. These are people of culture, okay? Yeah, yeah. These are our betters, okay? They're not going to. <laughs> the elite throw you under the bus they want the glory for themselves now the real story that i wanted to tell you is i saw giant scomo on the on the ferry to mona massive scomo okay this dude i i did a double take because he looked exactly like scott morrison former prime minister of australia except Uh, take that you loser (laughs) except he was seven feet tall he was giant ScoMo, and I could not just like wherever I went in Mona, I kept running into him, and he, he just—he's got that face, you know. And you just he can't help but hate it. Yeah, I was going to say, I figured you'd say he's got that face you want to hit. I don't know how you'd go against in a fight with a regular ScoMo. <laughs> you know, 
Re- not this goddamn Attack on Titan Kaiju ScoMo. Regular ScoMo, <laughs> I could handle. This ScoMo, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Sco Monster. Hashtag Sco Monster. <laughs> Made our first week off because I had the, the COVID. But I'm back. I'm still sick. I got my, my buttered rum. Have you guys had buttered rum before? Hot buttered rum? No. I have not, no. Tell you what, if you could smell this, you'd be you'd be wanting some. I'll, I'll send you all the recipe. I don't doubt that I would want oh, it, no. Fuck, it's good. Jesus Christ. Woo! I just want to point okay. out that I have a cat in my lap. He's lying on his back. And Sorry, like- I thought you were sort of point out I got a cat. <laughs> I mean, okay. that too. But cool. Like, we're aware. You might see his paw <laughs> just sort of reach up a little bit because I'm giving him giving him head scratches and he's just like oh, uh, nice <laughs> at me. Alright. Okay. You're, you're in you're in a good uh, mood. Hey, yeah, you can, let's get into the show a little bit, eh? Can we do do we do, do a video game podcast? We don't always talk about very creatures. Talking about. Cats. We, they, do we spend not, a, a fair bit of time talking about creatures? Don't call it, exactly. Some don't call them creatures. They're called Tasmanians. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Try some respect to our foresty brethren. I do want to go to Tasmania. They are frozen at the moment, though. They are frozen. It was bad. There was snow. We got snowed on at the top of Cradle Mountain. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> it was actually magical. But I wouldn't like to live there um, through the whole of winter. Nuts. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, people talk. Okay, hold on. People talk about Melbourne and like the suburb where I live in Melbourne as being like dodgy and weird. I, I, I can vouch it is in in the time crime alley itself. In the time I was in Tasmania, I witnessed an assault, and we were accosted by numerous drunks on the street, just like harassing people, yelling and oh, screaming. Like mate. it was messed up. You anyway, shouldn't have over. said that you like golden axe at the museum. They wouldn't have followed you. Getting, getting accosted by Easy drunks on the street is just part of a standard night out in Perth. Right? I was going to say a standard night out in Fremantle, but yeah, go on. Well, I mean, you go you go to Northbridge and you know exactly what you were in for. This is now, weird. I got, I got another Tasmania story here. It's a good one as well. It's also about creatures. Before um, we get into that, though, dear listener, you may have just heard a, a, a different voice. A voice that comes in through a little bit clearer, like somebody knows what they're doing when they do podcasts. That would be our good friend, Damo, from the Jock Rental podcast. You may know him best from the Mailbag episodes. Damo, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Mate, I've been wanting to get you on to this show for a very, very long time. I've been waiting for the right topic. And I think we have the right topic. And we'll get to that soon. And I also have some questions because you, you, like Simon, are from Perth. And I want to I want to get to know Perth a little bit in a moment. But before we get to know Perth, let's shit on Tasmania a little bit. Healing, <laughs> you're back on the podcast. You were in Tasmania last week. We got, finally got you back. You told everyone at the museum that you're a fucking nerd. So that's one thing. You saw um, some sort of saxophonist in a box. I don't know if he escaped or not. Um, and you got snowed upon. Also, some drunks big costed you. Big scomo too. Now, big scomo as well. What I the most amazing thing that happened is, I, I think it's Launceston. There is just a park that has a monkey enclosure in it, and what? like I, I looked at it on the Google Map thing, and I'm like, 
Oh, like like you mean like a like a playground, a like a kid's playground, right? Like where you just there's monkey bars and you oh, can yeah. like that kind of thing. And that's what I thought it was. No, it's an actual monkey enclosure. There are Japanese monkeys that live in this enclosure in this just a regular ass park. Okay, it's just normal. So we turned up there. We watched these mon- monkeys scratch their butts for like twenty minutes or something. And it was awesome. It was really great. They were entertaining and they were very affectionate towards one another. And as we were leaving, we just heard, heard some some screeching. And I thought like, oh, holy shit, the monkeys have escaped. They're attacking people. Planet of the Apes, it's finally happening. And for a second there, I felt happy. Cause, uh, <laughs> it's the, the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's the, the monument you see is like the Cadbury factory. <laughs> <laughs> you new- made it better. <laughs> The new world Damn order was you. about to be established, and you know I was thrilled. No, it turns out there were just a bunch of bogans fighting. Oh. So two women just started having a punch on, and the one woman was carrying her baby, and the other woman was like slapping her in the face and stuff. And then their husbands started fighting as well. And I just turned around and I said to my partner, "We came here to see the animals, but we saw the true." Now, what did I say something? Yes, in that case. Is a baby a shield or a weapon? Yes. Um, they used it as yes. a shield. <laughs> they used it as a shield in that context, for sure. The baby got slapped? The baby did not get slapped. You can't fight somebody holding a baby. You'd ask them to put the baby down. Well, exactly. And that's, that's what they use. That's what they use to protect themselves. The baby. <laughs> it was messed up. Dude, seriously, the, the one guy was filming the other guy. Like, they were walking away. They were leaving. The one guy was filming the other guy with his phone. And was on the phone to triple zero, and the other dude ran up to him, grabbed his phone, and threw it as hard as he possibly could into some rocks, smashed it. Well, I would have yelled out "World Star" so loud, right? <laughs> so good. But Ta- let's step away from Tasmania, Tasmanian listeners. Tassie's loose. Bloody, I love it there. I'm coming. Bloody back. love you, <laughs> loose units. I want to know more about Perth, Damo. Can you can you sum up? Sum up Perth. I've never been. I do want to come over one day. We'll go get some drinks. It'll be, it'll be lovely. All I know about Perth is Nat Fife mining. Okay. And surfing. All right. And um, everyone has cool hair. <laughs> well, Perth is split up into north of the river and south of the river. If you're north of the river, you usually have a bit of money. Mm. Especially... You usually have a have a bit of money, and the further north you get, there's lots of little housing estates, and they and they call them weird names that sound like failed candy bars, like Caramar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be nice to Caramar. It's right next door to Tapping. Caramar, Tapping with delicious. with like four different golf courses. Tapping. I just want to just want to reiterate: Tapping with golf courses, lots of golf courses. In tapping, for some fucking reason. Tap, there's a place called Tapping. Tapping, yes. Tapping? Yeah. <laughs> did you guys run out of words? Apparently. What do you mean tapping? You can't just call a town tapping? We did. Hi, this is... Uh, where do you live? Jumping. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> we have suburbs called, like, Dog Swamp and Upper Swan and Inner Loo. Oh, I fucking okay, love Inner Dog Swamp. Dog Swamp. Pretty I'm a cool. huge fan of Dog Swamp. <laughs> That's Dog sick. Songs. Where's Dog, Dog Swamp? Dog Swamp like the best crust punk band. <laughs> I've never heard of Dog Swamp. Where the fuck's that? 
you got to explore your town, mate. Get out of inner loo. <laughs> explore some outer loo, you know what I mean? And that's where the dog swamp is. And if you're oh. south of the river, you don't usually have a lot of money unless you're in, like, Coburn. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> <laughs> Hi. Be, be uh, nice like to me. You just um, doxed, you just doxed yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but did I? That's the thing. Did I actually? Like, you guys have been to Melbourne before. Yep. Damon, yes. have you been to Melbourne before? Yep. How, how does it compare? Because I, I know, I, look, I talk shit about a lot of suburbs on this um, podcast, that, uh, uh, apparently about video games. I like to talk shit about other states because, you know, Sydney, absolute trash fire bar one suburb, Newtown. It's just it's just like Brunswick, Brisbane. No time for it. Okay, if I want gonorrhea, I can get it in Melbourne. Okay, I mean to Perth be Perth is fascinating. I mean to be completely honest, Melbourne. There's not a lot of difference between Melbourne and Perth in the way the cities are and the way the people are in the cities. It's just that Melbourne have planned their city a whole lot better than. Perth has, mm-hmm. and we're ne- and we're only now just getting to the point where where the where the government's going or the state government's going. People are going to come here for this, so we may as well put more things here. Previously, it's, previously it's been let's put a stadium here, let's put a big museum here, let's put a massive shopping center here, but there's nothing to connect them and no, no other reason to, to for, for people to go to that area. Now we're getting like a complete precinct upgrade in Fremantle. They've, they've complete, they're completely redoing parts of the, the CBD to bring people back in. And they're, and they're also redoing the train lines so people can actually get places of value. So one of my, the the train to Melbourne, (laughs) I'm talking, I'm I'm talking about Perth. (laughs) Now, look, I won't, Talk about football here too much because Damon and I could probably go for a while. But Simon, I know you're not a big AFL fan. Next year, if I was to come up or come across mm-hmm. to Perth to see Essendon versus Fremantle mm-hmm. at that beautiful Optus Stadium, will you come with us? Sure. But I would have to be drunk. Mm. Well, of course you will be. I'll be there. Because <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> the only way that any of the rules make sense in that game. So... Ess- Essendon haven't played in Perth for quite a few years, though. Yeah, I know. So I'm kind of hedging my bets that I don't a- have to actually pay for this flight. <laughs> apart, <laughs> apart from um, playing West Coast, they seem to play Fremantle at Eddie Had or Marvel <laughs> or to the Telstra Dome, whatever it's called now. Well, we've spoken about the wasteland that is Perth, but let's get into the actual content of the show, and we're going to still be talking about the wasteland. That was a bit of a kick in the shins, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that was a st- I have to make yeah, my segue somewhere. Yeah, you stretched that too thin. Stretch. Yeah, you stretched ah, that too thin. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. They're normally such high quality. I've been wanting to talk about Fallout for a long time because it's a very it's a series of games that I have a very complex relationship with. It's actually a fascinating, fascinating series. It's the amount these games change game to game is mighty impressive. And it's, I think it's one of the big reasons why some of the games themselves are quite divisive. I mean, the whole the series as a whole is a little bit inconsistent. Its highs are absolutely some of the best games you'll ever play, but its lows are just... What the fuck are you doing, Todd? Toddly Howard. Mm-hmm. But let's just broad strokes here. 
What are our general thoughts, and we'll go into a bit more detail as we go through game by game. What are our general thoughts on Fallout? Simon. I appreciate it, but I don't think it's for me. And I feel like that's kind of a shame. I'll get into that a bit later, though. I love this franchise. I am falling out of love with this franchise as time goes on. That was good. Hey, everyone, that was a joke. That was a good joke as well. I will take it out of my notes. I already had it I had written down, that one. Uh, <laughs> so, fuck <laughs> Damo, you're a big Bethesda fan? I'm a massive Bethesda fan. I um, Where does Fallout sit? I'm a big Fallout fan. I'm a massive fan of these open world games, and, I, and I'm particularly interested in the post-apocalyptic narrative as well, so it sort really plays into what I'm interested in, and... I uh, yeah. Of, what's that post-apocalyptic game that's coming out? It's based in Perth. Oh, there's God, an indie game yeah. coming out soon. I, yeah. I, I blanked on the same. What's it looks really good. I want to say it's. Something, I will. I will find it. Something like Forgotten that really Roads or something like that. Something. Something. It's something yeah. roads. Uh, yeah. Australian made, based in Perth. It's the apocalypse, and a bunch of there's like real world places in the northern side of West Australia. I, I'm actually super keen to get into that. Yeah. It looks very Fallout 1 slash 2. So. Mm. Well, thanks for, the, thanks for the segue there, because as you would expect, you know, we, we would start in one of these. We're going to start with <laughs> Fallout 1 and 2. We're not going to go into what Fallout games are, because you, know, you understand that along the way, and I guess if you listen to a video game podcast, you probably know Fallout. Open world RPG with like a quirky Americana 1950s vibe to it up to speed now. Fallout 1 and 2 came in 1997 and 1998, respectively, by Interplay Entertainment. Now, these games started out as more of a pure RPG. It was turn-based. Most people call them isometric, but they're not. They're triometric, which is the term I only found out today. It's a slightly lower angle. That's it. Look, isometric still covers it. Um, it was a spiritual successor to a 1988 game called Wasteland, uh, in Fallout 1, you play the Vault Dweller who needs to find a water chip in the wasteland and then take on the Master for, you know, reasons. Has anyone who played Fallout 1? No. No, but I've... Not for me. I have watched a couple of video essays about them. <laughs> it looks quite dated. Yes. The, it is not the Fallout yes. you expect. Um, there's definitely a turning point for the franchise. But some of the important... DNA of the franchise is laid here. The GURPS system. The GURPS system was originally was going to be used to create your character. It was a thing um, invented by Steve Jackson for tabletop RPGs. He didn't like how violent the game was, so he's like, nope, you're not using it. So they they basically ripped it off note for note and they made the special system. Special system allows you to upgrade, you know, your attributes and stuff like that. Focusing on a particular game style. Now, I've got a question for you guys. And last week we tried to do a quiz and I found out that Felix and Simon know f- sweet fuck all about pirates. <laughs> I want to know if you guys know sweet fuck all about Fallout. What does special stand for? A golden cup of tea. I, I can do this, but this. I don't want to. It's strength. Yep. Perception. Yep. Endurance. Is that the right one? Yep. Charisma. Intelligence. I what the A is. 
I know. How do I spell special? <laughs> uh, you can spell however you spell however special. A A is agility. Agility. And that's L it. Is love, luck, lust. <laughs> yes, it is luck. Um, and you create your, your character. The special system has lasted throughout all the games, and it's such a key aspect to the game. Damo, do you like this system? Yeah, I do. I think um, sometimes it is difficult to decide how best to... which attributes to develop first or in what order you focus on them. But I think it's a, I think it's an interesting um, way to build your character and definitely, um, and definitely sort of puts everything all out on the table and is, and is less of just, do you want them to be strong or not? <laughs> well, I mean, what do you, what do you guys normally pick? Like, what do you guys normally focus on? Cause in all RPGs, I normally focus on the same thing. I'm a smart boy. Cause I'm not in real life. I need an escapism. <laughs> I go for I go for uh, agility and or perception usually. I'm usually perception and luck. So I normally I normally go sort of split between strength, intelligence, and luck because luck plays into weird things and it's great. Yeah, luck is such a roll of the dice. Ironically, game to game, luck will mean different mm. things. Same with like perception, it'll mean different things. And I'm not reading all that shit. I, I'm sick of. This is why you character customization screens and and RPGs and stuff like that, where it has a thousand different words about what each thing means. I look, Elden Ring broke my brain when it came to it because I'm just like, wait, like, does it does it matter? Can I just change it as we go? Like, what am I deciding now? What I'm going to be for the next 150 hours? Yes, turns that no, but I didn't know that times. So I read all of them and it just it fucked with me. So to put it succinctly, I do like the special. You know, I like I like how it's implemented in from a certain point onwards in the uh, franchise. I well, it does get improved as yes. we go. I, I quite like it for its, I guess, sort of relatability to D and D and the D and D yeah skill list. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the original the original um GURPS. I don't know if GURPS stands for anything. It probably does, but you know, I, probably we're a video game podcast, not a tabletop RPG podcast. I don't know what the fuck it means, but it was designed for. D and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's a whole thing of basically you get character points, and you assign them to different things. Yeah, the, the point by system. so you can't be a, a master of all. You have to really focus on some things, and at at the, at the cost of other things. You're not going to be smart and strong like I am in real life. Okay, you got to <laughs> really balance that out. You just said you have you, got, do you have trouble that- reading. I don't think. Smart is the ah, Simon, give you. high high perception you have there, my friend. <laughs> Next up, we got Fallout Two. Came out nineteen eighty eight. No, sorry, nineteen ninety eight. That's not that old. Um, came out with a few improvements. New AI, a new engine, which means better AI. They actually move out of your way when you go to a door, or you can just push them, which I, I'm a big fan. There's a really interesting turn here. This game became really focused on pop culture and parody. Which is like so core to what makes these games special. Ah, special came up again. And um, these even moments like your character breaks the fourth wall and starts talking about the gameplay mechanics. While we don't really have fourth wall breaking in the latter games, I do like how much is steered into the pop culture and the whole like Americana bullshit. It's such a fun time period to play with, and then you know you get the Americana stuff, and then you got 
what the vision of the future was back then. Mm. And it just like all, all twisted. Do you guys like like the commentary with all that? I do. I think I think it's I think it's good because some of the subtleties are genuinely subtle. And it's quite it's, I always find it quite entertaining when you see people who completely miss the point go on some like weird tangent or rant on Twitter about how much politics are dumb or whatever and they've got a fallout profile picture and I'm like you're an idiot. You're you're yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the tone of the first two Bethesda style Fallout games. Um, I feel like it changes a little bit from then onwards. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. It did change a little bit. Amazing this one. You play as a chosen one. You're a descendant of the Vault Dweller from the first game. Yada yada. Save everyone from a drought again. Get some fucking water. This game also introduces the Enclave, which is an ongoing enemy. It's the old government trying to just be dicks about things. But that's the old games. They're the games that nobody's played. Let's face it. <laughs> Let's get into the Bethesda times. Fallout 3. This is my first Fallout game. I remember renting this and I played the ever-loving shit out of it. I adored this game. Um, so massive change from the triometric view of Fallout 1 and 2. This is a proper 3D free roam Fallout game. It had real-time combat, not the turn-based shit that the other 1 and 2 had. When Okay, when you talk about combat in Fallout games, you got to talk about VATS. VATS, if you've never played a Fallout game, what are you doing here? But VATS basically means you slow down the game world, you can select certain parts of an enemy or monster or whatever you do. Um, and it gives you like a percentage of how lucky how likely you are to do a critical hit on that body part. It seems like it was it was put in place to make up for a few technical limitations. The gunplay <laughs> in these games is shit house. Yep. As oh, yeah. Bethesda's miles back when it comes to kind of gunplay it, it, it's rough and i think we've all seen that in the staff in the uh, starfield trailers it's mm-hmm. a bit uh, i feel uncomfortable looking at it a little bit what do you guys think of that i i like it it look it feels a little bit like it makes a game very easy mm. but at the same time it's a it's a unique way of kind of it almost feels like you're turning a real-time game into a turn-based game while you're doing that, or using VATS, and you have the choice to use it or not as well, which is great. So I like approaching combat encounters different ways depending on my mood, depending on what weapon I'm using, what kind of situation I'm in with ammo, for instance. Um, I really like the VAT system because it adds variety to what would be a really dull game. Look at um, Bethesda's previous game, Oblivion. <laughs> And think about the combat in there. That how sucked. dare you? That, how dare you? That you son sucked. of a bitch! I'm an absolute Oblivion simp. <laughs> I love better Oblivion. Than, no, dude, don't. Please, please, do not get me wrong. I freaking love Oblivion, but the combat in this balls. And um, Fallout Three would have been more of the same had they not included Vats in there as well. I think it was brilliant. Uh, uh, Damon, what do you think of Vats? I mean, the fact that you can use it or you don't have to use it is like you can that there's no limitations on whether you use it or not and that's really a really good thing because it means that um 
if you're into playing like a first person shooter game, you still get to do that by engaging in this combat because when you initiate the VAT system, it kind of takes away that first person shooter vibe because the AI take takes over your take takes over from from you and, it, and it's and it makes it more of like a real time strategy you know sort of game and um, so I think it's there to kind to appeal to a wider o- audience and the fact that you can use it if you want it but you don't have to is great for the person to be able to ma- play the game the way they see fit. I think my complaint with it though is, yeah, no, nah, you you can use it or not. But I feel like when they were developing the game, they're just like, yeah, now nah, people will choose to use it because not using it, the gameplay is kind of shit. I wish the gameplay of not using it was polished a little bit. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. That's going to be my ongoing complaint about the series of, <laughs> I wish they put a bit more effort into a few certain things. Let's talk about the game itself, though. Let's open it up. We've gone through the technicalities. Look, it's set 200 years after the nukes fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How cool is blowing up Megaton? <sighs> You, is that one of the best moments in the fucking in gaming? Can we can we go like just the, back a little bit as well, Jesse? Because like as amazing as like Megaton is, that whole quest line, the fact that you're making a choice and it has actual consequences and it affects the game world permanently, um, and not just you and uh, a landscape, but also characters as well, and one collectible. There's oh a, really? There's a, there is a uh, what are the little bobbleheads you get? Bobbleheads, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in there underneath the missile. If you don't get it, then you can't get it. Oh, I had no idea that that was there. Oh man, yeah, um, done fucked that, up. That is an incredible um, experience, and like in a for a game like that to come out in 2008, you know, was mind blowing. Did we all but, blow it up? Uh, I did both because I played through the game multiple times. Well, like first time, first time you played it, did you? No, no, I didn't either. I was scared. I was terrified. And uh, I made a mistake because if you don't do that, um, Mr. Burke kills the sheriff of Megaton. Yeah. I like how we all were like, no, and Damon's like, nah, blow it up. (laughs) Straight away. (laughs) (laughs) When I played Fallout 3, so I I got into Bethesda games through through a friend. He showed me, he first showed me Morrowind and then showed me Fallout 3. Um, I... Obviously, we'll probably talk about the Elder Scrolls in an, another podcast, or you guys will do that in another pod, podcast. We'll but, bring you in. Um, but when he showed me Fallout 3, we started a new game that I was in control of, but it, it got to points where, where he was like, hey, let me show you this. Do you want to do this? And so he kind of... So I sort of had my experience uh, sort of targeted in, by him in the first playthrough so i kind of didn't get to explore as much as i wanted to because i was playing the game the, the game the way that um my, the way that my, my friend wanted to show me like he wanted to show me this really cool game and fallout 3 is a really cool game but i didn't get to really explore much of the game aside from what he had experienced because he wanted to show me all this all this cool stuff that he had experienced when he had his first gameplay so my second or third gameplay was when i was when i did you know discovered the different endings the different ways that the gameplay could turn by not setting the, the bomb off it, it's so weird for a game that i would consider you know my top 30 games being generous there but mm. it, it is one of the better games i've ever played i i can remember sweet fuck all the storyline and that's look, that is a running thread through all these four games and something that i'm going to rant about 
story doesn't matter in the games. Doesn't matter. In the in Fallout Three, there is only one thing that I remember. It's you're in the vault, and it's someone's birthday, and you have yes. to find something. Because it's like the tunnel, the tunnel snakes, is it? Hold on, hold on, one second. That that's the thing that I want to talk about. The tutorial is spectacular. It's not just for a game for its time, but just in general. Because it's everything- woven into that narrative so exactly. well. You grow up, like you're like a baby at first. Exactly. You're and you a look baby. around and shit, and then you have to try and escape and stuff. You pick up a baby book and you choose which special points you want to uh, prioritize. Like it's just all like it feels organic and like amazing. Liam Neeson's is there and he's like, You're my son. I love you. And you're like, God, oh, dad. Yeah. First <laughs> one of his kids is taken. That amazing. One. And well, his kid didn't get taken. He, well, he, taken. he leaves. Whatever. He, He's a, he's a loser. But you, you go through this whole thing. You go through tests. You learn how to play the game in this amazing contained environment. And it's What's all natural. What's the game called? Tunnel, Tunnel Snakes? Snakes? Yeah. Tunnel Snakes. Tunnel Snakes. Yeah. Tunnel Snakes room. You know, hey, you don't want to mess with the Tunnel Snakes. I think that opening when you're in the vault and stuff like that. And you actually, there's a, quite a lot of time you spend in the vault. You feel yes. you start to feel claustrophobic, which it's is how it should feel. So when the, the door, the vault finally opens up, and you have the, um, what is it called? Capital Wasteland, Washington, in front of you. It feels like a real, like, epic moment. And then, you you know, you choose either block Megaton or not. That's you know, the first sort of mission. I do feel like the game doesn't That's- have that peak again. It doesn't have that memorable moment, but it has a lot of small moments. It has the goddamn Republic of Dave, which is one of my favorite yeah. things in the game. There is a town... Dave lives there and they're having an election. There are little stories in this game and, you know, you can rig the election. If you get there quick enough, you can steal the votes. You can make, you know, different people mayor. You can kill whoever you want. I I love that little microcosm of Dave. <laughs> Each one of these games has little moments like that. Like New Vegas has the whole, um, the tumor mission where the guy has a tumor. And if you want, you know, if you, if you get rid of it, if you help get him medicine or whatever, you get a reward. You can just shoot him in the head. Because he got rid of his tumor. Yeah, true. And you get a reward still. It's so fun. Jumping a little bit ahead to New Vegas. <laughs> but I remember absolutely loving the comedy in it. The companions that everyone... Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget Fox, my big super mutant buddy. I'll never yeah. forget him because I remember finishing the game and you beat the Enclave, yada, yada. And you get some good weapons. I remember giving him one of my guns. Because I was just trying to balance out my the weight, like everything I was carrying, mm. and I went to get it back of back of him, and it was gone. He dropped it. He ate it. He wanted I was very unhappy with forks. I, and then, I, like, I, I remember going to school one day and being like, you know, I'm playing a Fallout Fallout Three. Has anyone else had the alien spaceship crash? And no one had. Mm. This is like a <laughs> random event. While I'm walking through the desert, and you look up and you see the explosion, it's a UFO, a UFO crashing, and you go there, and there's aliens in there, and you get the alien ray gun, and they only got like 70 ammo, but it just disintegrates, motherfuckers. God, Dude, that's Fox amazing! Is so I, good. I never, you never had that? that. No, I never got it. That's awesome. This game, I'm so I'm glad special. it exists because had Bethesda not changed the formula. Um, the Fallout franchise just—I don't think it'll be around anymore. You can't release an isometric role-playing game in modern times in in the vein of Fallout One and Two, and have I feel it be like a major player. You couldn't when this player. game came out. 
in 2008 or so, you couldn't. No. Nowadays, you could. Well, as an indie game, we've, for sure. We've, we've mm, kind of come full circle there. But this is, you know, this is like a, a, a world-spanning franchise. It's it's huge now. And I'm glad that Bethesda made this change. Some people swear up and down that the first two games are the best, and maybe they are narrative-wise. But this opened the game up to a whole lot more people, and it gave us amazing stories like you just explained there like well that three pushed the industry forward a little bit is i I think it did lamplight in in this game is it lamplight the the the, lamplight the city of children i can't remember this what are you talking about the underground city of children am i yeah yeah no i think you're right in fallout 3 i think it is i think it's in one of the dlcs i feel like you've been on a QAnon website what are you talking about? No, yeah, no, it's nuts. It's like a whole underground city of children you can choose to help. Or, oh, yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, there's just amazing like little stories that kind of just stick with you, and uh, I'm, I'm super glad that we got this game. Could be improved, though. Spe- well, sp- uh, speaking of being glad we got this game, we almost didn't get the game mm. because... Oh yeah, because the ACB didn't want to rate, didn't want to give it a, a rating, making it illegal to distribute because of the references to real life drugs. Oh. Yeah, they had to change it to um, what are the drugs that, in the game? You so got they, psycho, you got. They had to change morphine to Med X. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Oh Med X is a great party drug name. <laughs> it That's is. like tailored morphine. Um. <laughs> Speaking of, of opulence, the next game, Fallout New Vegas, obviously set in Vegas, set in Vegas, not made by Bethesda though. This is made by Obsidian Entertainment. Um, you probably know them for Outer Worlds, which was certainly a game. Uh, New Vegas came out in 2010. And look, I think our conversation from here on is going to become a bit more nebulous because all these games start to mix into one a little bit. Let me just say why I don't like New Vegas. It's because I never gave it a chance. And I've realized why. When I was writing up my notes today, I've realized why. I have a very bad habit of not liking what comes after something that I liked. Okay. It happens with music. I, I loved Black Parade, as you can tell if you're watching us on twitch.tv forward slash stormode AUS. I have my friend Jamor and all black and, you know, I still got that vibe going on. <laughs> Never listened to Danger Days. It's not the best album, but there's some good songs in it. There are the some story, brilliant a bit of a banger. And also... An album that kind of reflects the whole New Vegas vibe quite well. I prefer Oblivion to Skyrim because Oblivion was my first taste of that world. And Skyrim, I just didn't feel like wasn't enough for me. I I, I know that's very unpopular. Fallout 3 was my first taste of Fallout. Everything felt new. Everything felt fresh. New Vegas didn't because I've already had it. It didn't have that kind of shock and awe effect on me. I found the, the setting a little bit boring. I found it a little bit... It felt glitchier. It, it didn't feel as tight as Fallout 3 did at the time. I mean, looking back at it, it's not the tightest game in the world. Mm. But I know a lot of people absolutely swear by New Vegas. Now, yeah. New Vegas, not a direct not a direct sequel to, to 3. I'm not even sure if it's considered canon. I believe not it is. Not too sure about that one. But basically, the game starts to get shot in the head. Not a great start. Um, but then it starts a few what, weeks or days or whatever. And you you walk around you walk around Vegas and you do, you do your things. I can't walk us through this game that much. Keelan, you like New Vegas, right? Yes, I do enjoy it. What made it good? I think the thing that differentiated it from Fallout Three before it 
Oh, it's a bit complex. New Vegas wouldn't be good if Fallout 3 wasn't also a really good game. It took that basis and it added the things that were missing, the things that were in Fallout 1 and 2, for instance. So the faction system, that's mm. something that's incredible in New Vegas. It's so deep and you can like you can play the factions off between each other. You can choose. So, there are so many different options for you to choose your adventure through the world. Factions were in 3, right? Um, like yeah, the, Brotherhood it's of more Steel. the idea of faction than three, but then it was explored more in Vegas. It no, it's it's like a whole it's, other it's, thing. Yeah, it's so okay. much more. Yeah, yeah, it's much much more expanded and There's full quest lines. They interlink as well. You yes. can betray um, one faction for another whilst in the midst of doing their quest lines and stuff like that. It, it's really full on. They all have their own sort of like uh, currency and stuff as well. Um, and it, it's all integrated into the world. So if you go out and there's like a, a random cave like you would find in like Fallout or something like that, and there's treasure at the end of the cave, you know, and it's filled with a specific faction's members and um, you act hostile to, towards them, you kill them, you'll lose standing with them so that when you go into their territory out in the open world, they'll uh, behave in a hostile manner towards you as well. Do you reckon is shitty about how good that system is? Because I, I look, I've heard about the faction system before, and it really, it's been slightly copied in latter Fallout games, but hasn't been implemented, I think, as tightly as you're describing here. Do you think they just simply don't want to do what Obsidian did and and be like, oh, I think they maybe they did our formula a little bit better? <laughs> well, I mean, look, they're all owned by Microsoft now, as is most things. It's maybe they'll not- work together on a remake. It's Obsidian's formula because um, when they made New Vegas, who is most of the people who did Fallout 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, the guys from Black Isle Studios. Um, so it's um, probably their kind of, their brand, their take on the Fallout franchise where Bethesda understands what their sort of, uh, their niche is and the environmental like storytelling that they do is probably a little bit better, I'd say, than the Obsidian game. Maybe there's a Fallout curse. I feel like a lot of studios that work on Fallout games get mm. stuck in a rhythm. I didn't like Outer Worlds. Uh, I liked Outer yeah. Wilds. I didn't like Outer Worlds. The dialogue was incredible. Yes. The relationship building you 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 know you build with other characters incredible. The gameplay and the combat and stuff it's exactly the same. Which is it which is. is sad because the other strength that New Vegas has is that the way that all the special stats are integrated with perks. That was something it's I wanted to bring up. A lot more, a lot more like intense. Like you, <laughs> you can actually create builds yeah. in the same way you would in other RPG games. Um, and all of your special stats, you there's a chance for you to use those stats in conversations for persu- persuasion for stat checks. Um, so if you for instance, are having a conversation with an engineer or something and your intelligence uh, stat is high enough, you can use the intelligence option to convince him to do what you want him to do. It's just better that way rather than just having speech as the one check that you have in um, Fallout 3. That's the thing. Like You can use your, like your, your charisma comes into play a bit and you can, if you've got high enough charisma, you can talk people down. Like You can confront enemies about you know in, in certain quest lines you can actually confront enemies and they're like i'm going to kill you and you can talk them out of it you can have a conversation and they'll be like 
you're really charismatic, so it's kind of hard for me to stay mad at you, and that's... You're not so bad. You're right, actually. I get it. Like, I understand your perspective The four of us... The four of us step out out of a vault. Who's living longest? (laughs) I think I'll do all right. No. I can do do something that my my, my partner absolutely loves Fallout games. Like, she's got multiple hundreds of hours in every single one of the games, except for one and two. And she does a thing called schmoozing, okay, where you talk your way out of situations. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have the best weapon. You need better talk. I think I can talk a lot of shit, as 124-odd episodes of this podcast has shown. I can talk a lot of shit. I can can talk my way out of things. Also, I think people will pity me because I'll be crying (laughs) a lot. You might be all right. I don't know, man. I, I imagine, well, for me, I would definitely drink some tainted water and mutate and die. Yeah, probably the same, <laughs> to be honest. Be for sure. Um, You'll see a few super mutants and be like, oh, I want some of that. You drink it and you get, get like a tumor. It's like, oh. Yeah, we'll just get a tumor and die. <laughs> Not as good. Uh, <laughs> Not great. <laughs> I was actually the NPC in New Vegas that you get to uh, to kill. If, 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 this is, if this is, for example, New Vegas, Simon, I'm sorry, but you were catching fire immediately as soon as the doors are open. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Flame. Yeah. We, though. Damo, how, what are you doing? You get out of this vault. We haven't even spoken about the vault yet. We'll get into that in a moment. I can imagine you running a faction pretty quickly. You, you're very organized. I will either do one of two things. I will either be an easy target for an already established rebel faction of some sort, or I seem to be a pretty quiet person or what... So I might be able to sneak around quite a bit and stay alive for quite a while if I can find a nice sort of home base. And I like to think I could possibly encourage people to, you know, back me up or come with me. So, yeah, I could possibly create a small faction if if any at all. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm either going to be an easy target because I won't matter to it because I won't ma- matter much or... Um, I will create like a small faction based out of a very small hideout of some sort. I got a feeling like, yeah, like after a few years, you'd become king and no one would quite know how you got there. It's like, I don't either. Agility so charisma dead. build. Nice. <laughs> With a lot of luck Keelan's, as well. Keelan's dead. Simon is cooked and <laughs> I'm going to eat you, Simon, when you were cooked. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to get sick on Simon meat. <laughs> <laughs> And then people will pity me and hopefully take me in and then probably kill me. Uh, and they run the world. Yeah. This seems pretty, this, this seems accurate. Now, look, yeah. I, we have a skimmed over a fairly important part of a fallout. And one of the things that makes this game, these games so interesting, the vaults. Mm. The vaults, are uh, they marry into the whole story. Vault Tech made these big vaults. So, so when the uh, doomsday came and all the nukes fell, People could hide out in them. It seemed like a very altruistic thing, but nah, they did experience some people. Some of them really funny. Some of them quirky. Some of them kind of overrated gameplay-wise. What are your favorite vaults? Do you like the vaults? I I think vaults are, particularly in modern uh, Fallout, they are the prime example of squandered potential. Simon, I've never agreed with you more. <laughs> I've never agreed with you more. The, the vaults can be anything. Yeah. 
They could be the yeah. wildest shit, and they've done some really cool ones. They have. They've, they've like done the whole. What like was, the Gary one is amazing. Yeah, yeah like Gary. Gary. Um, and then there's there's a different one where they, I think they were injecting people with a experimental drug, and then like one, it affected one person in a completely different way. They got locked up, and then when that transformed person broke loose, they killed every single person and escaped. And that's all you know is just they are out there. And you're like, cool. That's not terrifying. Sometimes the vaults just need to tell a story. It doesn't yeah. have to be a gameplay thing. I think there, there's one, and I'm, I'm definitely not remembering this beat for beat, but there is one where the people in the vault were told that if they didn't sacrifice a person every year or whatever, everyone would die or they wouldn't have any food or, or whatever it was going to be. And it became like they had like a voting system. You could vote who gets sacrificed every time and blah, blah, blah. And you go through the whole vault and you learn about the politics and the stories behind everything and how it all fell apart at the end because the votes were rigged and yada, yada, yada. Oh, it was cool. It didn't have to be game, a gameplay thing. But I remember like in Fallout 4, which we'll get into in a moment, there's ones like, oh, there's rats in the walls. You got to kill the rats, the bad rats. It's like, I don't it could have been anything. What are you doing? I, I also I feel like there are you'll go to one vault and there'll be you know lots of uh, logs left. You've got to hack the computers. You're gonna read a few things. Um, um, and Sorry, did you just go a little bit New York? Say hey, you gotta hack the computers. Hey, I'm vaulting here. Computers. Hey, boy, I got a job with Vault Tech now. <laughs> I got an extra arm. <laughs> it's um. It's okay the first time you do it. And then you do it again and you're like, ah, okay. We've been through this before. There's some revelation at the end of the thing about what was actually happening in the vault. Okay, cool. And it's like interesting ideas. It's like good writing. But I just think the way that the story is told is not always entertaining. Yeah. It's not always fun. I don't want to always sit in front of a computer terminal and hack it and spend like you know, three minutes trying to fix that because I'm terrible at that minigame. I'm terrible um, at it then too. read a wall of text. Like, that's not enjoyable to me. So, I don't know. Not my favorite concept in the game. Damn, my favorite vault. I just... Mm, I just feel like... The vaults... Think, I just feel like they're all lacking something. I don't really have a favorite... They could be so daring with what they do. Like, I would love if the vaults felt a little bit more like. It's going to be a very, very weird thing to compare it to. You know, when you play um, a Ratchet Clank Rift Apart, and you go through different rifts, and it's completely different. The game becomes completely different for a moment. It's a different game. That's what I want the vaults to be. I want you to go to a vault, and it's suddenly a horror game. Everything, like, it changes, it is a full-on horror in that vault. Or you go in there and it becomes more like Portal. You still have an AI system that's mocking you. I mean, the, the, the physics are different or something like that. You can do whatever the fuck you want in these vaults. And they, they play it so safe where I think the idea of the vault is more interesting with the, than what the vaults actually are. There's some cool ones. There's some memorable ones. But they, they do not make up the majority. I reckon about you know, 10% of them are cool. The rest are just are yeah. such waste. And especially in, you get those ones and it's like you walk in and it's like destroyed and there's nothing there. It's like, don't just don't put anything in here. 
I love that. Uh, look, I'm just comparing this to a bunch of other games now. But like in Elden Ring, every dungeon you go into feels different and it feels cool and there's something there's something worthwhile. They all link together in different weird ways. Give me that. Mm. Yeah, it's Voltec, a bunch of unoriginal motherfuckers. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> they weren't evil, they were just boring. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, when you've got this huge evil company, essentially, who are responsible for keeping the majority of the remaining humans alive. Cool. Make them... I don't know. Because Voltec is just sort of like this omnipresent thing. They just sort of exist. They're just there. It's like, oh, Voltec made the Pip-Boy, and they made the Volts, and they did various experiments in certain Volts, and this, that, and the other. It's like, cool. Like, so they're, they're just sort of background setting or like like what's the deal how how involved are they in what's going on like yeah this mysterious hand that's like guiding everything isn't cool because you don't get to see that hand enough yeah and you you hear about it and it's it's not a scary term it's like okay they were pretty fucked up but it seems like a lot of people are okay yeah and that's the thing it's like where's where's the truly like abhorrent stuff where's the one where they were like hey how hard can we throw children at a wall for them to bounce, like wh- yeah, <laughs> like where's, that's what I mean. Like, like that's that's the sort of reaction I want to get. Game. Imagine finding imagine that, that as a mini game. <laughs> Jesse, no, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, moving on, and but continuing on the theme of wasted potential. In my opinion, I think Dame and I are going to butt heads in this one, not a little bit. Fallout Four, come out twenty fifteen takes place in Boston. You have a voice protagonist now. It's 10 years after Fallout 3. Um, a little bit different, this one. Starts off a little bit different. You start off in the past, back in the 1950s. You actually see the bombs fall. and uh, you, you and your family run off. You go inside. You get cryogenically frozen. A bit of a different twist in the vaults. Your kid gets kidnapped, and then you get frozen again. Lucky. And then stuff happens, which mainly involves going around to different... Um, what are they called? Different settlements. And making sure that they're running A-OK. That's what I mainly remember from this game. Damo, I know you're a big fan of Fallout 4. Tell us why. I think I understand the criticism of Fallout 4 and the fact that there's less of the survival aspect and more of the colonization aspect in this one. But I just feel like once... Once you realise that they've kind of integrated everything into a in, into a open world sort of game, this whole Commonwealth coming together, the whole Minutemen co- coming back, you want to create as many settlements as possible, creates a game that is different from the other two, but is is now an interesting sort of subject for you to play on. And once you can accept that it's not going to be the same as the other ones, it becomes a lot better. And there's, and you can do a lot of things without following the main storyline. Like if you want to, if you want to log in and just play that game, open world, you just play that game, open world. You do not have to go and find your son. You don't, you, you can go and, you can follow the freedom trail. You can 
join the Brotherhood. You can listen to radios, listening for people to help, listening for storylines, listening for distress signals. There are multiple different ways that you can play the game and different avenues every time you log in and play it. Look, I, I agree with that. I didn't finish the story. I had no time for it. And that's that's my biggest rant about this game, which I'm going to get into in a moment. This is a rant that many people have heard when I'm real drunk. I go on and on about this when the topic of Fallout is brought up after a few drinks. But I'm going to do this. No, I had a hot-butted rum. I'm not going to say sober. Um, (laughs) Because, like, the side quest... I just just, bashed my foot against the table. I have been drinking too much. Um, All all the stuff you do inside is, is fine. I don't... I quite like the actual base building. I think it's kind of fun the thing you don't need to do but i i quite liked it i remember trying to do up the uh petrol station and and like integrating my little base in the petrol station the whole thing but the main story is your son gets kidnapped you get back to sleep you wake up your son's obviously older and become a bit of a dickhead cool i gotta care for the son when you see the son at the side of the game he's a baby mm. so i'm like why do, why do i fucking care what does that start of the game do you start off in the past. The first time the Fallout game they've ever shown us the past. What does it do? What does it add to the game? Nothing. Really, nothing. Zilch. <laughs> this is where my rewrite begins, okay? Because I reckon there should have been more focus there. We spoke about in Fallout 3 when you wake up in the vault. That's your tutorial. This would be the tutorial for this game. You start off, you go to work. You work for Vault Tech, okay? A division that doesn't know what's going on. You go into work. You get to explore the city a little bit. There's going to be some parts of the cordon off. You're not going to completely populate a whole city. There's no point in doing that. So this would be kind of handholdy. But anyway, you go to work. Go in your office. Boss comes in. Hey, isn't it your son? Whatever the fuck their name is. His birthday today. Yeah, but I got work. No. Go home. Be with your son. Okay. We loop back to the boss later on. I want the... You go through there, you get to see how Voltex run a little bit, how maybe not everyone who worked at Voltex was evil. There were some people who didn't know what they were doing. Maybe you could dig a little bit deeper and you find some cool little Easter eggs here and there. You go home, you get your son. Son wants to go fishing. Your son's older. He's not a baby. It's like, say, 10. Okay? He wants to go out fishing. So you get to see the glowing sea before it's the glowing sea. On the way, you get to pass the comic book store. You get you get to get one of those Ragnar comic books so you know when you go in the comic book store in the game you get the axe i want there to be context to that imagine you walk in there and you see all these kids around like a glass booth where that axe is they're excited to see it suddenly that world makes is making more sense you go to the glowing sea you're fishing your son turns around to you and says how scared he is he keeps seeing the news he knows something's happening your character says something along the lines of there are good people out there trying to make the world better for everyone Something along those lines, okay? You say that, then the sirens go off. You and your son run back home, you get your wife, you get frozen. That all, from there on, happens all the same. You wake up, I want a few things to happen. So obviously you've got added, added context now for the axe and you know, different locations. You may, you, know, you may find out as you go through your neighbor's house that maybe your neighbor was a spy. You never knew. But you find some paperwork. You find out that there were so many weird intricacies linking the past to the present. You go back to your office. This is something I re- I've been really, really good because I-, I wanted to be added weight to what was happening, to the war. Mm. Imagine you go to your boss's office and you find a letter. 
and it was from the army saying your son's son has been killed. That's why he told you to go home. Spend time with your son because I can't spend time with mine. Suddenly this game has a bit of weight to it. And the, the plight of your son means a bit more to you. And I want at the end of the game, when you find your son, he's become an absolute tyrannical dictator. Him to say, you know, what you told me about there are good people out there making things better for everyone was the only thought I had in my head while I was frozen. So, you know, hundreds of years. And that one message just got recycled over and over again until it got twisted. So suddenly, your words have made your son a monster. So when you have the choice to kill him or not, it's an actual choice. It's hard to do because you you are the reason he's become bad. And he doesn't even see himself as bad. He's doing what, it, to, like, what he thought would make his dad proud. That's the narrative. That would have made this game so much better. And that would have been like, obviously you get proper writers to touch it up but let's face it i've come up with a better story than they did <laughs> that drunk that is my drunken rant would you guys prefer that narrative it's not awful it's not 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 awful at all i think i think there's definitely a lot of merit to it i think fallout 4 suffers from todd howard call me <laughs> from what i'm gonna refer to as sort of like skyrim syndrome in the sense that like the main story fucking sucks and it's not interesting. And it's Simon, I'll rewrite the Skyrim story right now. You start from <laughs> no, the past, wait, no, okay, no, the dragon's no, your no, son. No. <laughs> uh, and Skyrim was definitely more accessible for a much wider audience, and so was Fallout 4. But it removed a lot of the nuances and some of the intricacies of what made the previous installation of the games really engaging and really fun. And I, I stand by that. I think a, a rewrite of the story is an excellent place to start and i do like i do like that i do like that a lot that 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 story has slowly become more and more focused <laughs> after many nights out drinking but i i mean i do realize all i've done is naughty dogged a fallout a game storyline I've, I've neil Druckmann'd it <laughs> okay it is going to be an absolute tearjerker but i i think these games it is quite it is such like a weighty subject nuclear war and people trying to you know re rebuild and learning from the mistakes of the past stuff like that i wish i wish there was a really good juxtaposition between the main story and the humor because then the humor would hit harder mm. i reckon it would stand out it wouldn't just be the norm that i can agree with yeah yeah and i i, I don't know i really like the idea of going around and and having all these touch points with the past because that makes the, having the past a part of the gameplay you know, worth it at, at at this point it looks cool it, it is quite fun but it's it's meaningless you take it out of the game and nothing changes I, I can't believe they didn't give you a proper connection with your son i'm saving a baby like i never spoke to the kid i, I tried to throw blocks at the kid <laughs> like what was i saying about okay. a vault where you have to throw children against the <laughs> well look my character works for Voltec. maybe he goes in the work and he's like hey i got an idea i'm throwing bricks at this fucking kid I don't know how he became bricks, not blocks, but sure. One That's why your bosses go home. You're too violent. He's getting more aggressive the minute goes on. One thing that we haven't talked about is the companions. Pe pe people who, who, you mm. make, who you can take with you on these adventures. And do we all have a favorite companion from Fallout 4? Because Fallout 4 has quite a lot that you can meet and travel along with. A lot you can dog meet. Dog oh, meat, yeah, dog yeah. Dog meat was mine. Yeah, dog you meat. got Preston. You got Preston Garvey, who's um, the leader Preston. of who was the, the the leader of um, 
the the Minutemen. Uh, you've got uh, Codsworth, who's your personal Sorry, robot. Preston Garvey is a human equivalent of a scam call. <laughs> Just how did you get my number, Preston? Fuck off. Um, you got Nick Nick Valentine, who helps you find your kid. I do like Nick Valentine. Mm, you've like got Nick. um, you've got Piper, who who writes the paper at the Diamond City. Mm. Um, Check out for StormerGaming.com. You've got you've got Strong, who you, you who you meet in that tower when you're freeing that radio host. Now, can we just stop on Strong for a moment? Because I discussed the notes and stuff um, with my partner Sophie, and she has a question for us. Why in the game? I hope can't you fuck forks? Why can't you romance non-human characters in this game? Because Bethesda are fell off from radiation. <laughs> There's the are cowards. I mean, kills. You see- if I want to blow Nick Valentine, <laughs> let me do it with the VAT system. Oh, God. Okay. I, 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 I presume Nick Valentine wasn't made to feel romantic love for other uh, beings, other creatures. But, but imagine but at the folks- end of the game, you find. You find- you find your son. It's like, hey, son, meet your new robot dad, Nick Valentine. <laughs> we've been we've been banging Nick Valentine. Like, I don't know what's been happening. He's a real big robot in my head. I'm gonna be good. Let me kiss the know. robot. I don't know about that. I don't think I'd be uh, interested as much in the Fallout characters um, if there was like full on romance. Look, subplots. Being serious about it, slightly. I. Whenever there are companions in games, I will always go with the animal if I have to pick one. I don't mm. like having human companions in games. I'm thinking of like Metal Gear Solid Five. I never really went out with Quiet. I always went out with Dog. I can't remember his name. Um, Dog me. In Far Cry Four, the the one in, in uh, like country America. Five. I five. Sorry, yeah. I picked Boomer because Boomer looked like my dog. Hamish, rest in peace, poor boy. Ah. Um, over the human characters because I feel like they change up how I play too much. They they take too much of the fun out of it. 100%. I don't need somebody going around, running around, shooting people and, and triggering AI. In a, in I a should Bethesda, be doing that. In a Bethesda game, your um, companions, human companions, are going to get stuck in doorways and stuff. And I just... Oh. So, no way. If, no. if we oh, can no. ever so slightly just touch on this, right? Normally, Jesse, I agree with you. I don't really like, you know, human or humanoid companions. Or humans um, in general. Just in general, yeah. Um, most of them suck. Skyrim, uh, the Dawnguard DLC, Serana, the vampire. She was, like, my absolute favorite. I'm like, oh, man, this this chick is so cool. Like, powerful vampire mage. Like, she's awesome. Hell, yeah, I'll keep her sticking around with me. She is... Arguably one of the most frustrating NPCs to have follow you because she has personality, but she's going to shove it in your face every five minutes and complain. She's like, oh, if we have to go into another deep, dark, dank cave, I guess. And it's like, well, you complained two seconds ago about being out in the sunlight. So what is it, Serana? Do you want to go into the cave where you won't burn to death or do you want to stay outside for a bit? Because you can't have it both ways. Bethesda, fix your fucking companions. Sounds like, uh, what is her name? Lydia as well? Oh, God. I am sworn, I am sworn to, carry to carry your, your burdens. burdens. 
But all right, I kill I I, I kill her as soon as I can. There it is. Fickle. Now I lock her so, in the house. I'm just were, like, all right, put you behind a block of cheese, yeah. like a they cheese were, what tower. The companions. Um, I hate the AI for, for the companions, especially yeah. in Fallout Four, because. You go up and down these towers for whatever reason, and you and they get stuck on floor three, and then you and then and then just randomly, and then you go back to that floor, and then they're like, "Oh, there you are." It's like just, it's like where do you? It's like where where do you think I went? It's like where where do you think I went? (laughs) And and this is what I mean. But that's the introduces these concepts to the game. And they just like, oh, it's there. It, we've introduced it. It is done. It's like, no, you need to make this integrate into your world and work with the other mechanics. And they don't. They just put something there and it's there. Well, which... Sorry, Gunder. Speaking of the mechanics and like the, they like just be, things being there, you can join almost every sort of group that you come across with no repercussions for any other group that you join. So you, so you join the Brotherhood of Steel who don't like the railroad because the because ra- the railroad likes synths. But then you can follow the Freedom Trail and then join the railroad. You shouldn't be able to join both. And there should be a repercussion for 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 joining the Brotherhood of Steel and then finding the railroad and vice versa if you it would depending on which order you decide to do those quests in. When you boil it down for a game that's all about choice and role-playing, when you put all your options out on the table, it's a very simplistic game because of the lack of it's complex um, interactions between different factions. Like, but it's you same. are a force amongst, your, amongst yourself. You, if you could join one faction and the other faction caught you out, the drama and like, narrative and gameplay ramifications of that could have been so exciting. It's the same guys- with Skyrim as well. Like again, if you go back to Oblivion, there's way more interactions there. Where if you join certain guilds and follow a quest line to better a certain game. point, um, it's a better game all yeah. around Oblivion. But you, my sweet prince, <laughs> but you like interact with other guilds in a hostile manner, and that affects everything else. And that there's actual repercussions. So you going, yeah, I want to join the Dark Brotherhood and kill everyone, and then. You go to the head of the fighters guild and assassinate him in his sleep, and then you try to join the fighters guild, and they're like, "Well, you kind of look like that guy that just assassinated our leader." So, no, you can go away. It's just the same thing as with Skyrim and Fallout Four. It's just the same. It's like, yeah, cool, join everyone, whatever. Who cares? You have your fun. Have you guys played any of the DLCs for Fallout 4? Because No, I was going to bring them up, but I've heard they're pretty good. Nuka World sort of brings back the faction system that's in Fallout New, New Vegas, where Ooh. where it sort of you sort of come in and it's kind of how Fallout is like where where you join somewhere and you're the leader within like 3 seconds of gameplay. Mm-hmm. But then there's these factions in this in this nuka world where these three factions have taken over a theme park and you have to choose which faction you prioritize for each quest that you do and it makes the decision making very 
you know that there there's a there's a consequence for each decision you make depending on the order that you do these quests in and i feel like if the whole game was like that dlc then it would have been so much better i completely agree like it's not exactly like the gameplay was revolutionized in this one they they could have put their effort into something like that i felt like flight 4 was nothing new very much you know much of the same um I mean, they they did tweak the special system a little bit. But I don't know. It felt like a real big missed opportunity. I wanted them to do something a little bit different. Now, Before I'm going to immediately swallow those words. <laughs> Sorry. Can we go back to what I want to say one good thing about Fallout 4? All right. All out. It brought mods to console for the first That is true. And Real uphill battle with Sony. Sony, calm yeah. down. <laughs> it was hard. It was a long, hard road, but... Um, such a major appeal of the Bethesda-style RPGs is modding. And Fallout 4, 4 made that happen. And those mods, no doubt, make the game better for so many different people. Okay, Bethesda, so no, one awesome. important thing. The modding community is free labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then they tried to monetize it. and uh... It wasn't good. But a game that modding can't quite fix is 2018's Fallout 76. Now, I, I, I'm i torn about this game, actually, to be fair. They wanted to do something different. They wanted to make Fallout an MMORPG. Based in West Virginia. Mount to Mama, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Um, God, I never need to hear that song again. Big open world. MMO with no NPCs. Players were going to populate the world, um, which was going to be inhabited by, obviously, other players. But also a few monsters. And I want to speak about monsters in Fallout in a moment. Um, but these monsters were based on West Virginia folklore, I guess. So you had like the Mothman. Yeah. Mothman's pretty cool. I like the Mothman as a concept and not so much as a movie, the Mothman Prophecy, this kind of shit. Um, look. I remember fanboying over all of those cryptids and stuff with you, Jesse, when they first announced love it. Me, I love like, myself a good cryptid. Man, that Flatwood was awesome. Monster, Bigfoot, Loch Ness. Oh, sick. Oh, Chupacabra. All good boys. Mm, um, before we get into Flight 76 and stuff, when 76 was first announced, how did you guys feel? So Fallout 4 was mixed reviews. So 76, I felt like a little bit rushed because they wanted to sort of put out that fire a little bit. Mm. When it was first announced, Fallout, open world, open world, MMO, how'd you feel? Uh, not amazing, but I still had hope. Because the setting, which is, you know, one of the most important things in a Fallout game, looked yeah. really good. I had <laughs> zero faith, zero hope, zero trust. I'm like, nah, this is going to crash and burn because we were really in the swing of the whole games as a service bullshit. It was, I think, sort of right in the middle point where... Hey, it doesn't matter what state the game comes out in. If it's a game as a service, then we can monetize the shit out of it and then maybe fix up a little bit later if we don't run off with the cash. And so I was like, nah, this isn't this isn't gonna work out. Fallout, I think, works best as a solitary experience where you do kind of feel a little bit isolated from everything else. Like you are meant to be a bit of an outsider. But then there's, you know, groups of 30 people running around doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, mm, 
no, that that I feel like this is going to ruin absolutely all of it. Sorry, Demo, I think I cut you how off you, there. How about you, Demo? I completely agree with what um, Simon said there. I I thought Fallout seventy six was kind of lazy from Bethesda. I feel like any sort any sort of game that comes out when the studio is has done so well in single player games and then they come up with an MMO really quickly it seems like a quick sort of lazy sort of cash grab because they know that dedicated fans will sign on to this thing and play this thing and regardless of how good it is but just quickly you said that Fallout 4 wasn't very well received it actually has a really good um, review ratings apart from the console versions. The PC version was really well received, whereas the console versions for Fallout 4 weren't. So I'm going by the Jesse scale. Okay. It wasn't very well received by me. <laughs> <laughs> the Metacritic of... Yeah, I'm the Metacritic, the Munro critic. But yeah, I spent very little time with Fallout 76 because I didn't like the concept very much at all. I... I love the idea of just a big survival MMO. Fallout is such a cool, like visually appealing um, franchise. Like there's some, some, so it's so iconic. You could have done something really, really interesting in there. But to have no NPCs and rely on the player base to make their own gameplay, and then put us in a shockingly boring world. Yeah. It, 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 it seemed bizarre. I, I love, again, I love the idea. I wish this was better. And I've heard that it has improved a fair bit. It, it, it's not that bad now. They've got some um, some missions where you can visit, like, uh, you know, well-known locations from the other Fallout games, which I think is pretty cool. But just to have, yeah, groups of 30 people running around not really doing anything, it just encouraged... Um, like just annoying ways to play, like people just griefing you and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it just, it didn't feel right. You know, a game that came out that was like big MO sort of thing, but it felt boring at first when it first came out was Sea of Thieves. When that first game, game first came oh, out, the whole thing was like, awful. you know, <laughs> extremely large, but extremely shallow. But they, it was still a fun world to be in. While there wasn't much to do, the one thing you could do is explore because you, you are going to find some quirky areas. This had nothing. I was going around trying to find like aluminium. There was one, like I can't remember what it was. There was one really basic essential resource that was stupid hard to find inside the game. And it just, it just killed me on the inside. I, I think 76 is a massive uh, drop of the ball, but it wasn't the only... Fallout online game. There was one in the works. So back in 2009, uh, Interplay and Marshead Studios were working on Fallout, a game called Fallout Online, uh, later that year. But there's a filed a lawsuit against Interplay regarding Project V13, which is what the codename was for the game, claiming that Interplay had violated their agreement as developed. The development had not yet begun on the project. On January 2nd, 2012, Bethesda and Interplay reached a settlement, the terms of which included the cancellation of Fallout Online and transfer of all rights in the franchise to Bethesda. Now, apparently Project V12 is being remade as something. It's called like 
Mayan something. It, it, it's going to be an online survival game, but it has become a uh, Kickstarter project. So I, I don't know where that is right now. It is fascinating. I, I would have loved to have seen what the plan was for Fallout Online because 2008 was a, a different time for online games. And I wonder what the scope and sort of the, the wider goal would have been. Mm. I mean, to be fair, what, 2019 or whatever, 2018 when Fallout 76 came out, they could have done something really cool and they chose not to. The only cool thing they had is like the card system instead of special. Which was think fine so, so sad about this yeah I'm so deflated because it should have been something good and interesting it could have been rather something and good not, and interesting. it's not the only fallout project that kind of got slipped by the wayside a little bit in 2001 we had fallout tactics brotherhood of steel in 2004 we had fallout brotherhood of steel in 2015 we had a somewhat delightful fallout shelter i spent a lot of time on fallout shelter i remember getting to that point it's like okay cool i have my little Fallout Shelter, for, for people who don't know, it originally came out as a uh, mobile game. I think it was... I think it came out the day that 76 was announced or Fallout 4 was announced. It was like day and date. Yes. Um, yes it was really exciting because, you know, you had Todd the Bod Howard coming on stage. It's like, oh, I can play this game now. And you make your own little Fallout vault. Um, but you get to a point it's like, all right, is there anything more to this game? It just... You get more and more monsters yeah. attacking you. Oh, sorry. Before we even move on too much, let's talk monsters. This franchise doesn't have enough. I agree. You got the Death Claw, which is like a big mutated iguana. You got the Centaurs, which just look like melted man. Don't like him. He's gross. He's gross. The Yao Guy, which is just a big thing with claws. Is that, is that, that it? Whatever it is. And then you have like some like very sick wolves. Did the sh- oh, and they got super mutants as well. It's One not, of the big. Second, it's not a great variety. No, no. The, 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 the problem, worse than the variety, is that you you kill them the same way. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it, there's no different way to I think fighting different enemies. One of the most overrated uh, creatures in a game is the Death Claw. They look cool. They put them in some very cool missions. I think there's a mission in Fallout 4 where you're defending the library and you go out there with a Gatling yeah, the gun. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty sick. That was cool. But it's just like miscellaneous monster. There is nothing Fallout to it. Where everything else is so visually distinctly Fallout. You could take a, a Death Clone and you could put it into Skyrim. You could put it into any fantasy game and it, it, would, it would fit in. It doesn't have that Fallout flavor. I think the only enemies in Twilight games that have that flavor are the robots because they're you know, throwing out one line. They just they look, they have that 1950s vibe to them. Mm. But other than that, it's like... I quite like the mile arcs because there is some... Ta- Mile-arcs cool. Because there is some tactics that go in with killing them because you've you got to aim for under their shell and... Yeah. If you don't aim, and if you aim at their shell, you do very little damage, and it takes a very long time to defeat them. And that giant mile lurk in Fallout Four is pretty sick. The one you fight in the castle. Yeah, the one. Oh yes. Yeah. Why am I? I'm starting to like Fallout Four. The more I talk about it, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I have to play it again. Damn it, there damn are some bits. 
there are some bits in Fallout 4 that you just that just stick with you for a while, like that that massive Mylurk battle when you're retaking Fort Inde- Independence and when you jump off the, the library or the museum, whatever it is in Concord, to de- to defeat the Deathclaw with the with the Gatling gun while you're in the power suit. There's there's just bits like that that they probably needed to be more of. Like, because for every one of those cool missions, you have a oh, I am walking through my memories, um, mission uh, which sucked so much. Yeah, didn't like those either. But yeah, Fallout's Fall a good game when you when you know, you, when you have your your power armor on and it becomes a bit of a power trip. And I don't know, they I think they've lost that vision there. However, that does bring us around to Fallout Five? Question mark? Question mark? So last month, Todd Howard stated in an interview that Fallout 5 would begin development after the completion of Elder Scrolls. Thanks, Todd. Cheers, buddy. Woo. I'm glad you announced that. I'm marking I my wasn't fucking sure. calendar. Um, as a Nintendo fan, you can't be complaining about them announcing unspecified you know, release dates, okay? Look. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, mate. The difference, look. Is, the difference is Nintendo give us a date and then go, actually, we've changed our mind. For the thirteenth yeah, time, then, every date release for them is like just lol jokes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but hey, no. Four or five. Let's go around the room. What do we need? Not want. What do we need from Four or Five? What? Do, how can we get this franchise back up to the top? Perk system from New Vegas, in the sense that perks have good and bad parts to them. I think that is good. That makes that makes for fun builds. Mm, yes. I also think a proper faction system where, hey, there's consequences to joining this faction, and if you follow their quest line through, you cannot do things with this other faction at all. That is, it, you have eliminated them from your game. But if they're going to do that, Bam. one major thing, because it's going to invite replayability. Absolutely. Do not make the main quest like 40 hours long. Make it a nice, tight, say, 20? Yeah. So you can fair. replay it a few times. You can go to the options you ne- you never explored. That'd be cool. But even even make even make the main quest line have a couple of different effects to it, like a different consequence or two, where you know, sure, it will wind up at the same point, but you can take two, maybe even three branching paths to reach that same point. I think that's a good way of handling it. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. The the main quest line needs to be worth a damn. Mm. Okay, that's I'll the write main it. thing. Like, I'll do it. Needs, Todd, it return my emails. Fuck coward. Not terrible. That's all. Okay. And then the other thing that I'm looking for, two things actually. One thing is um, the NPC, artificial intelligence. It needs to be better so that you actually want to play it with, the, with those characters so that you can have conversations and build relationships with those characters. When you spend time with them, you should be communicating and learning. Uh, you should feel like you want to be around them and you don't in any of Bethesda's games right now the other thing um oh man i've completely blanked on what my third point was we'll come back to you dense a dense world smaller i think i said that before just smaller world than fallout 4 just where would you set it dense more stuff where would you set it oh geez no that's a that's a hard question it has to be in america doesn't it up to um, you. Doesn't have to be. Uh could be could be interesting in um a place like um what's near the, the north? Um 
uh, Massachusetts or something like that, Cape Cod, where there's some beautiful like scenery and like ocean nearby. What about like Colorado, which is also affected? Yeah, okay. If it's snowy, yeah, Miami. See, uh, Miami. yeah, I was, the, one I was of the big Florida. fan builds yeah. was Miami. There's there's two massive fan builds at the moment. One's oh, yeah. London, which looks incredible, Ooh. and the other was Miami. Miami, I would go with because you could. There's so much fun commentary you could do with like Florida and stuff like that. Um, mm. Plus, the amount of uh, wildlife they have there, they can introduce some proper monsters. You know, what happened with the, the crocodiles? Swamps. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine having a hovercraft going over these like radioactive swamps, and you're shooting at like mutated crocodiles that are flying at you with their five heads. That does actually sound kind of cool. Yeah, Jesse, I'm, I'm pretty on board for that. <laughs> Damon, what do you want? Flight, flight, four, five, 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 five. Just quickly, I, I, I would probably set it in either Detroit or Cleveland. All right. Um, I think Detroit's a very interesting choice. I like that. Uh, oh, get, you get, if it's in Detroit, you should get a car. No, because it wouldn't have any wheels. <laughs> I pretty much agree with most of what Simon said in his points. He pretty much covered everything that I didn't like about Fallout 4 and what they needed to improve on. I want a decent origin story that that doesn't get pushed aside once the gameplay begins. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. that's fair. I'm putting pieces together in my head. What Set it got? in Miami, okay, because uh, Miami is pretty cool. I think you should be a bounty hunter. I don't want them to completely ditch the online gameplay. I think this should be something that you can turn on and or on, on or off. A lot of games doing this nowadays, where you can invade other players' game All right, as a loop. bounty hunter. So it has, but it has a narrative purpose now. You're you're a bounty hunter. There's going to be bounties. You can go out, you go into the play the play the world, hunt them down. I think that could be really fun. And if they want to keep that loop of online there, because I think now that that seventy six have put the online DNA into Fallout, that won't go anywhere. It will be dumbed down. And I think, yeah, like Deathloop, that was one of the coolest parts of that game. I actually really liked it in Watch Dogs for some reason. It was pretty fun. Imagine you going across those same, um, you know, the same Everglades and you in your hovercraft, you're shooting at these five-headed crocodiles. Suddenly it says, you know, your pit boy starts flashing red because there's a bounty hunter nearby, and you're suddenly dodging sniper shots. I think that could be really cool. They, they're gonna have to make the gunplay a lot better yeah. as well. Well, that's my other thing. You know, more that's we're past it. Grow up, train with Roth. Actually, give us some. Most, you know, gunplay has evolved. Yeah, just not Bethesda's. So, yeah, you're, you're putting in get someone else to do it. If you if you are expecting that after Starfield and after Elder Scrolls, that they're going to somehow improve the gunplay in a Fallout game, you are. A very optimistic they man. They have... Okay, no, so now that Bethesda is under Microsoft Studios, they can really employ some of the learnings from the other studios. Absolutely. So I'm hoping they do. I would, I'm hoping they do. I hope they're not, they're not just be like, no, this, get, I would like this is our jank. Yeah, get it involved. They know yeah. what's up. Get, um, what is it, machine something? Machine games. Uh, machine they games. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Let me hold two... If they, Machine games can give me two heavy machine guns to mow down Nazis. I'm sure Fallout can use a pistol without a fucking menu screen coming up. Okay. Like, come on. But what would be, like, you know, maybe you need to take a perk for that, but then as a result, 
you can't wear as much armor because it limits your mobility too much and can't aim as well. You know, something like that. You know, make if you wanna if you wanna have fun bombastic gameplay, you've got to punish the player for it in a fair and balanced way. You've got to, you know. Yeah, so many, so many games have like fun, like over the top gameplay without having to resort to, you know, slowing and stopping the game. Well, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying you need point, to though. slow or stop the, stop the game down like, at all. I just mean, like, you know, yeah, like, cool. Get, get your two big guns and, you know, have a good time. But uh, because you have these two big guns, you can't also be wearing heavy armor because you're going to be too bogged down and you can't move and blah, blah, blah. So when you take the perk to be able to dual wield two big weapons, you lose the ability to wear heavy armor. Yeah. I think that's fun. Um, like that's a cool little thing to throw in there. I think hmm. they need to change a lot of gameplay elements to make every perk or build from the special system worthwhile. Because really, if you want to just play the core mechanics of the game, then you really just need strength. You'll, win, you'll beat the game. No problem. And then the other one that to do different things. If you want to you know get cheaper things and stuff like that you know you may up your speech if you want to hack a few things you know you you boost your intelligence but that doesn't always equate to that much these stats are not weighted evenly there needs to be i want a fallout game that you can beat without shooting a bullet if you want to go fully intelligent you're not a physical you're not a physical character at all you just want to use your charisma and intelligence yada 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 to quote unquote schmooze your way to the top, I think you should be able to. L- let me seriously play the game how I want to play it. Okay, then that's what I want. If that's what it's you a want, a lot of effort. If you want that, then play some New Vegas. Not quite exactly what you're after. But see, but it's, 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 no, it's, that's not what I'm after at all. It, 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 I, do you have to shoot a bull in that game? Unfortunately, I believe so. Garbage yes. game. Garbage game. <laughs> Opposite of the game of the year. I'm Trash sure that you can game. do it in the first two Fallout games. Yeah, but, you know. You can't, no. yeah, exactly. I, I've got a feeling you, you can't. I want that level of depth to it. Mm. I, want a, I, I want a smaller, deeper experience. Not asking for the world here, Todd. <laughs> but I, I definitely am. Now, before we wrap up, real quickly, Fallout TV show is being made. Um, it's being made by whom again? It's being uh, made for Amazon. 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 And they make good shows. Um, so far, casting wise, we've got Walton Goggins, the greatest name in Storybiz, and Ella Purnell, who's in um, Yellow Jackets, which is a great show. Great show. How do we feel about the Fallout series? This is actually this is a callback to like our second episode. We did an episode with um, our literal brothers in <laughs> Fan Critical about what video games we want to become, movies, TV shows, and we did speak about Fallout because Fallout as like a kind of the way I see a Fallout series working is, do you guys remember how good the first season of Lost was? Yeah. The first season of Lost is tight because there is an evolving storyline, but every episode was like, oh, how do we catch fish today? That was the episode. I was like, I don't know. Lock and walk now. This is crazy. <laughs> um, I, I want that. Them to be solving issues within the vault, not knowing that they're even being tested or anything like that. I just hope the Ooh. TV series doesn't turn into, did you guys ever see uh, Revolution? The TV show Revolution. No, no, but that does ring a bell. That movie was sort of post-apocalyptic, 
and basically the main like the main storyline was we have to find power. I just I just hope it doesn't turn into that because that TV show was pretty good for the most part, especially in the first season. But that second season went downhill real fast, and that and I'm glad it didn't get to continue. I'm glad it did not get the green light for a third season. <laughs> Top that, take that. <laughs> I think another thing would be cool with Fallout is an anthology series. Yeah, ten episodes, each one different vault. Yeah, just tight stories, and uh, again, an overarching plot that gets formed. There's a lot of really like interesting that. things they could do, but they 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 need to keep the the quirkiness of it, and there needs to be so many pop culture references. I want this to be like just not on the same level as like a you know, like a Daredevil or not Daredevil, um, Deadpool. But I wanted to break the fourth wall a little bit and, and just mention a lot of a lot of like famous movies and actors and yada yada. I think it'd be cool. I think Walter Goggins is amazing casting. I've got. I've got not high hopes for it. I have hopes for it. I hope it's going to be a show. I I also have hopes for it, Jesse. I don't have high hopes for anything anymore. <laughs> have you guys watched any of the uh, new Resident Evil show? That's I've heard Netflix. it's bad. I've only heard how awful it is. But like fun, I'm gonna start awful. It soon. Fun, awful. Well, see, this is one of the things that I want to check it out because I've heard it's bad. But again, a lot of the time us gamers would judge a gaming property a lot harsher because it's not what it originally was. It's not what it should be. It shouldn't be what it originally was. It's a different medium. Anyway, I want to see if it's that. I love the, I love the Resident Evil franchise. I, I'm, Look, I'm sure it'll be just Lance Reddick just chewing up the scenery. Just exactly. So, absolutely over the top. So where's the problem there? I hope like even literally the chewing up for the, the scenery. Show. Like he just pulls, pulls a tree branch. And, <laughs> yeah. Pretty tasty. <laughs> but I think silence. maybe maybe I'll binge the show. We can review it next episode. Oh, God. That means I but have to watch it. I've still got the last episode of Stranger like Things it. to watch. Don't do this to me, Jesse. It's been done. And maybe we'll review. I've, I've, been, I've been so close to watching Monster Hunter. It keeps coming up in my oh. One of my friends. I tweet it to you. He jokingly said to me, for my birthday, can we all watch the Monster Hunter movie? And I'm like, I hate you right now. Please don't, don't do friend. this to me. But, I but let's wrap this one up. First up, Damo, thank you for joining in. Hope you had some fun. Been a lot of fun. Thanks for having well, me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you Thanks, about man. Fallout. And we'll definitely have some future episodes. But if people can keep up to date with your doings and goings, where are you doing and what are you going? Uh, well, they can head to my Twitter, which is at DamoSC, where I tweet lots of football and stuff. I don't really tweet out gaming stuff because I don't like to uh, be outwardly nerdy, but uh, they- not like healing at a fucking museum. <laughs> <laughs> I like golden axe. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. But uh, otherwise, you can get to uh, jockreynolds.com.au to listen to podcasts if you're into fantasy sort of sport stuff. I'll tell you what, Damo has one of the tightest tastes of music I've Mwah. Mwah. Beautiful. Um, he's like a good song drug dealer. Um, now if you want to find find our stuff, uh, you can. 
which is good. We're on Spotify and iTunes. So go search for a video, uh, Sorry Mode, a video game podcast. Obviously, while you're there, also check out the Jock Reynolds podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review, and check out the other fan critical podcasts as well. Leave them some love as well. Of course, you can find us at StoryModeGaming.com or on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StoryModeAUS. We're also on Twitch at StoryModeAUS. We play all sorts of games. I may play Stray tomorrow, the cat game. Very excited to play the cat game. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and we also record these podcasts live every week. So come come give us some love. Come talk to us in the chat. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Simon's at SI421. And Keelan is at Twitter support. So go leave, leave a little bit of love. <sighs> Fellas, it's a good episode. I really want to play for... Oh, I've got this... A natural itch to play Fallout now, and it's just—I don't know. I feel I'm so conflicted about this franchise. I—I I really hope in twenty thirty fucking seven, when Todd Howard's like, "All oh, the games out now, boy, Fallout Shelter is free to play now." Fallout Shelter two. Um, yeah. I hope it's something good because I, I don't know. I need this. But shout out to us on social media. Tell us if you like the games or not. Killing, Sai, Damo, always a pleasure. Hope you Thanks, fun. guys. Thank you. And uh, listeners, stay safe, play some games, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Killing, play us out with that. I don't want to set the world on fire. Do it until we get sued. <laughs>